All right, Pat, you feeling good? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, should be, as we say in the biz, a type 45. We'll get through mm-hmm. it pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Always. Let's do it. All right, then. William the Conqueror defeats Harold, Battle of Hastings, 1066. The sealing of the Magna Carta, 1215. The plague, Black Death arrives in England, 1346. The War of the Roses begins, 1455. William Shakespeare is born, 1564. Guy Fox and the Gunpowder Plot are discovered. 1605. The Battle of Waterloo. 1815. Queen Victoria becomes Queen. 1835. VE Day marks the end of the Second World War. Tim Burnins Lee invents the World Wide Web. 1989. North London Derby. 2001. 2021. <laughs> I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created managers. an absolute respect. 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 Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a BT. What, do you what on earth? I don't have an answer. I'm talking Wow. Welcome. 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 Patrick, I don't know if I can overstate this enough. What in the hell was that? Uh, James, so I just went to englishheritage.org.uk uh, and just looked up the top 10 moments in history um, and just seeing if they'd already put the, the 11th one in there. They had not. Not yet. No. Eleventh um, wonder of the world. It feels like they, they took a, a giant leap between Queen Victoria and the internet being invented. Yeah. I'm not here to judge the site, more so your intro into the pod. I knew if I gave you the opportunity to do so, we would get something a little out of left field. And quite frankly, you delivered. Yeah, much like Arsenal, James. I'm here to deliver this week. Oh, how about that segue? I know you've been working on them since last week. See, I had that Patrick, planned. I got one question for you, just to kick us all off, and to kick the folks at home off. Do you think the apologies will be as loud as the disrespect? (laughs) I don't give a shit, because we're going straight to the top, baby. So, Mikel Arteta show showed up at the Emirates. Um, No, I think... When when have we last started with Arsenal in a non-ironic way to lead off the pod? Gotta be the FA Cup. Yeah, it really does, right? Yeah, yeah, it has to be 18 months ago, uh, 15 months ago, whatever it was. Uh, you know, no, the disrespect was <laughs> pretty palpable. Uh, and he's, you know, if we're talking Arteta, uh, I believe, or is it Arsenal? I mean, I'd be, to say Arsenal's now, like, you know, headed to the Champions League would be a, a naive opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. Yet, yet, but, you know, my mind can wander, James. Uh, but if you're talking... If you're talking Arteta, uh, he was pretty disrespected. Um, he didn't. He earned some of it, uh, probably not to the degree that he got it. Uh, but 
you know, I, I think something that, that that a lot of Arsenal fans have been happy to see. Um, I think he started. Uh, every everybody that started in that game was either somebody he signed or extended. Uh, that game finished with the six new signings on the field mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, there's been this whole narrative of is he is he just a fraud or all this? And then there's the you know the the Arteta stands who say, well, he needs to get his team all this. Uh, and to see his team perform like that was it was overdue, uh, but it was it was it was pretty fantastic. And on, and on the day, on the occasion, mm-hmm. the celebrations on the pitch, off the pitch, uh, it was just this crescendo of of positivity around Arsenal that that hasn't existed in a while. And it's been it was you almost needed that those first three games. I think of of the loss to have this mm-hmm. moment. Like, I think if we kind of, we beat Brentford, lose the other two games, I don't think this is as high as it is. Uh, I think it was the desperation around those two wins. And this, truly, I was going into this game thinking, is this is this the first real game of the season? We now learned that going to play at Brentford is next to impossible. Then you go play the two best teams. <laughs> it's in. aged pretty nicely, hasn't it? It has, hasn't it? Um, and now, and then you play the two best teams in Europe, and then you beat two teams that are meant to be, um, you know, relegation fodder. So this was... In a sense, kind of like a a, a, a litmus test, and 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 James, they they stood up in all the right ways. Absolutely, they did. Well, Patrick, I think in certain ways you have to call it like you see it. You know, Arteta's well into his tenure, all the way through last season, the beginning of the season. You 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 call it the way you see it playing out in front of you, and there were some donkey brain decisions in there along the way. You know, the the neutral has said as much. You've said as much. Yep. So. And and you even think you even think back to when we did the Arsenal round table, there were like when we talked about what's Arteta's leash, like, is he getting the right amount of stick? You guys backed him but with trepidation, right? It was like, well, we gotta make sure like he has time to like work with his team. It would be unfair to do anything rash. And sure. you have been you have been validated in a certain way because of the last three results. But it, I do agree. You know, the last two games weren't spectacular and frankly games you needed to win, but this was that game where it all came together. Quite frankly, I think they knew Mark was in the stadium and they had to pull out a little something different for the boys just to mm-hmm. show up on Mark who uh reports say snuck into the Arsenal fan section. So yeah. Yeah. It all leads me to this. Do you feel as though this is a defining moment for Arteta in his tenure and moving forward? I I I do, and and uh, that that's because I still back them, right? Uh, and and to just make it crystal clear, I'm not going to list the 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 number of boneheaded decisions that have been made under his his management right. uh, because we don't have time. Simply, I'd like to, but we don't have time. <laughs> this is a one hour podcast. Yes, allegedly. Uh, th- there's <laughs> there, there's been a, a, a number of things to question. Uh, but something that I've I've held faith in is just I've I've firmly believed that Arsenal were far off the pace and they weren't going to get back into the Champions League via kind of a half-hearted investment strategy that you know plugs the team with 28-year-olds. Right? I I, re- I thought the best way that they would do it is to build around this generation of the academy kids because there's mm-hmm. there's something special amongst them, and then invest in young players and be okay. Honestly, honestly, it, it painful in the moment, but be okay 
the team. Being a mid-table team. Uh-huh. To get yourself on the right track in the long run. To build you something sustainable. Uh, and, you know, Emil Smith-Rowe said it was the best day of his life. Like, you know, the big, the, um, the big question mark around all these talents, which you brought up, right, is, you know, if Arsenal's still playing this game, or can you get the extensions? Can you get people to buy in? Like, you've got the right people bought in, and it's the kids. And the kids that show, like, a, little, a ton of potential. Um, I think the oldest player on the field, outside of kind of like the, the three, so it was um, Aubameyang, Xhaka, and Partey, uh, mm-hmm. Were the kind of the, the veterans in that team, uh, and the youngest player on the field outside of that was 24 years old. So, still, this season is a, is going to have some ups and downs. But l- let me, let me just put it this way: if our if Arteta gets gets Arsenal back into the Champions League in like next season, right? You will you will point course to this game. You will point to this game as a turning point in this tenure. Right. I and mean, I think the key phrase gets, in that is. I guess there's two key phrases in it. I guess the whole sentence. But yeah, Arteta himself, at the end of next season, being in the job, propelling the Champions League, this might very well be that moment. Right, yeah. And I mean, this the the, the season's still young. I'd like to see um, you know, Arsenal against some just more competition, right? I still don't really know exactly what they are. It was beautiful football in the day, but I think it was a, it, it was a game the fans were desperate to win. It was a game the players were desperate to win. You saw how much it meant to Arteta on the sideline. Like, say what you will about the guy, but he's putting everything he can into this. And it mm-hmm. he, you showed, you know, he's Arsenal through and through. And you love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. Uh, it was, but, you know, so there's a lot of circumstances pointing towards that, like that that result. And you got a couple good good, good breaks. Uh, clear miss penalty on Kane, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And then I don't, I don't think there was enough in it. Um, for for the foul to be called on Hoiberg on the on the second goal, but let's say that's given changes the complexion of the game entirely. So, you know, still some still some sus moments, still some things to work through. But Tamiyasu looks looks an excellent player. Uh, Ramsdale is validating the decision to make him the number one with every minute he's on the pitch. And you know, if you got the rest of those players cooking, you know, Odegaard was Odegaard for forty million. I think is is going to age very very well. Uh, if you got the rest of those players cooking, like you have, you ha- you have mm-hmm. a, a good team to build with. Uh, and yeah, I, yeah just, I'm just I'm just happy that we're doing it the right uh, way. And there's these guys that you know in three years' time, I, I see eight eight people on the in the current roster, right, as as, as competing for first team minutes, right? And, yeah. and that's a that's a that's a really really good place to be in when you're looking to build the way we are. Patrick, I do just want to take this moment to allow you to be happy in front of our fans on the cast. Just basking in the glow of a pretty important Arsenal win. Uh, I, I, the last of which might have been United at Old Trafford, but that didn't even have the like game flow that this one did. If you're if you're Arteta, it was pretty much the perfect day. You know, the first goal mm-hmm. was I think like Saka sweeping in a pass for Smith Rowe to finish it off. Two hail end products. You mentioned right. Tomoyasu, new guy. We haven't really seen a lot of him. I know Son scored, but he kept him quiet for most of the game. Right. Um, yeah, Ramsdale making a huge save that stopped it from, I think, going to 3-2 and then getting really squeaky at the end. Right. It all went so well, and and rightfully so. You guys, you guys funnily enough, go to Brighton away, which um, I, I think... It's actually the, a bigger test now. That's a, that's a test right now. Massive signal right of intent in that next game. I know they didn't beat Palace, but to go first, but it's still a huge game. I will be the, um, the, like, I don't know. 
the Spurs you won in the room by saying, how much of this do you think was Arsenal excelling versus how much of this do you think was Spurs just absolutely failing to show up and do the bare minimum on the pitch in a North London derby? Uh, I know it's because, hard to evaluate as an Arsenal fan. I really no, do. I mean, I here's the, like the the they were proper up for it and they played beautiful football, which were um, two things that you can't guarantee. I was I was hoping we would play like a real pragmatic game and get a one 0 result. That was my mm. that's what I wanted going into the game. That's like straight sure. out. That was my expectation. So to see them play so well, but see it was beautiful. Um, and this is. This is not hot having to go, but Spurs were shit. They were shit. They were as bad as I've ever seen them. I saw some stats. Their creativity under Nuno has been horrendous. They're giving up something like 20-some-odd shots a game. They're, like, leading the league in shots conceded, like, last in all the creative shots, all those kind of metrics, you know, last or second to last. Um, you know, some good results mixed in there, um, especially the City one. But, you know... Was a new manager bounce like you know getting you don't want the first game and it's just speaking from experience you don't want the first game of the season to be your best game of the season so far. (laughs) Yeah, and that's and that's what it was for Spurs and and I I think that they are on a a relatively dangerous trajectory strictly because I think I think uh, it's it's clear um, that they're they're just not on the same page. Uh, Yeah, Kane was desperate in that game. You know, you could tell that it still meant something to him. By the way, if you want me to be happy, one of the happiest things that I could ever see was Kane turning the ball over and then hustling back uh-huh. to win, win the tackle 80 yards from where he lost it, only to assist an Arsenal goal. Which, that is Which essentially, essentially functioned as a wall pass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just yeah, gave, uh, laid it all on the it was line the after making day, a Patrick. mistake. It, it yeah. was the perfect day. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's turn to Spurs real quick. Yeah. I think there's a whole lot of things that are out of Nuno's control. This period of transition that's been a long time in the making. You think back to when Poch was in charge, even before Mourinho came in. That You think about Kane, who was very publicly vying for a move away from Spurs and then kind of like saved face to say he's in, he's all in this season, but is he really all in this season? We talked about it in depth on the last cast about the lack of depth that's in the squad, but for Nuno himself, who, quite frankly, I think people won't remember his time as fondly at Wolves because of the last season, which I think is unfair on him. I think he's a really, like, for all intents and purposes, a nice guy, and he's got a good pragmatic methodology of football, but I had this moment at the end of the North London Derby, and I don't know if it's too reactionary, but I don't see this relationship, Nuno-Spurs, ending any other way than tears. I think it's destined to fail. The way it was so high profile that he was like their sixth or seventh choice. I was going to ask you that. The way that he is... This might be an oversimplification. I think he is from the Mourinho school of football. Be very, very hard to beat and be devastating on swift counterattacks. And we saw how quickly that kind of went sour with Spurs fans when, when Mourinho tried it. Um, every, obviously, you'll be happy when you're winning, but the leash is so short when you're not winning. Um, and, you know, Thomas, Mark will say as much, but Spurs have... They'll disappoint you in the results factory, but they could rest their hat on being fun to watch. Yeah. And I don't know. I, Fans I think demand it's, I think one or times. the other. From 1st to 11th, the Spurs story. We're six match weeks in. 
Um, they've got a pick-me-up game against Villa at the weekend. And by pick-me-up, I mean, like, they better pick themselves up and play well in this game. Yeah. Um, they got a couple... Yeah. They've got some winnable fixtures um, coming down the line. I got to think it can't be fun to be having to play in the Europa Conference League group stages. You know, that can't be an easy easy task. We need to do it. I don't even know how that works. Well, they got six group stage games. Um, oh, jeez. They're, they're winning them, but it's just... It's, actually, no, they're not. They tied their first one. It's hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that, like, they've got these games that maybe they don't care about. There's discontent in the side. Like, you know Nuno wasn't that first choice. The football's... Hasn't been been great. Like, yeah, I mean, we were we were talking just a few weeks ago. Like, what's Arsenal made of? Do they have a little bit? Like, these are for me. These are the moments where all you can do is just is just sort it out in the locker room. Recognize that you're you have the talent if you just apply yourself to like straighten the ship at least for a little bit. Um, and so it'll be one to watch. I think they'll I think they'll I think they'll get on if not against Villa against Newcastle the week the week after, but mm-hmm. you know, then they got then they got um what was it? Yeah, they got West Ham away, Burnley away, United, then they're running then they're running into, you know, Everton Leeds, you know, so it's just a there's it, it it could get tough for them. It could get tough for them if they don't get that mentality right, but there's a lot of veterans in that side. I don't I don't I don't think uh Hoyberg allows something like this to, to fester for too long. Uh, I think they got too much pride over there. So I think they'll be fine. They're not, they're not I, like, you don't think Nuno's getting sacked this year, do you? Or do you? I, no, I think it has to go. Here's what I think. It has to go terribly wrong for them to sack him mid season. And to me, that is finishing worse than ninth place. And, you know, let's be real about Spurs' chances. I do not see them as a top four contender. Fifth, sixth, seventh, that's all to play for. You would expect them to finish in there. So, yeah, if they're finishing eighth, if they're finishing ninth, I I could see them I could see them really evaluating his position in the summer. And we know what Levy's like. He doesn't want to take a hit on a manager who's, who he's appointed. So you might see a little bit of Ron, Ronald Koeman tactics in there where it's like, you're kind of stuck with me. All I'm saying is, I don't, I don't see Nuno as a guy who's like, well, this is how we want to play, and we're just not there yet. Like Tuchel when he was getting his bearings at Chelsea. It's like, I have a style of play that I want to impose. The team's got to get used to it. Mm, yeah. I don't think Nuno and, and Spurs are, are, are really a match, and it really dawned on me in the North London Derby. But I think they'll, they'll do a stern reassessment in the summer. I don't think they'll be a midseason stacking, sacking, but... Yeah, I think they'll I think they'll be right in the mix with these these other teams in the Europa League places till the end of the season. If not even finish there, they're good enough to finish there. Mm-hmm. So you know it'll be interesting one to watch. But they were there was it was dreadful, and I and I yeah I I got like some of these stats, and they're they're not great. Right, they're not great. Right. Well, Patrick, once again, congratulations. I think it's a very Thank big day you. for you and your family. But let's mm-hmm. move it to the battle of the Goliaths. Chelsea versus City. It's obviously way too soon for anything to be decided in the league, especially because it was a game for City to draw back level with Chelsea on points. But this felt like the clash of the two most likely title contenders on current evidence. And Patrick, goddamn, did Pep put everybody on watch. He... he- it's it's 
you, you can't disrespect this man because as soon as you do, we sure he's got don't. an answer for it. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. You yeah. shouldn't. You should leave it to the professionals like us. Yes. A hundred P, James. I'm starting to think P. the attendance comments from last week were just a ruse to allow him to like game plan in peace for the trip to Stamford Bridge. I wouldn't put it past him. Not one yeah, bit. A little like look over here and then the uppercut comes in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's just it's it's class. It was another just you know, call it you, you take them for granted, but just tactical masterclass. We we were just um given given Tuchel his flowers a few weeks ago and you know, Pep just out coached him. Kind of, yeah. That's it. And that's not a, that's not a, that's not a slight or a shame to do, like if, if Pep's out out coaching, you just like get in line. You know, that's not a kind of slapped him on the table. Teacher. It was yeah. full exerted control playing against City. Uh, sorry, playing against Chelsea in their pomp at Samford Bridge, and City came out and said, "Hey, we're going to press strong from the front. We're going to suffocate you in midfield and make you rely on kind of like hopeful through balls to." I think it was Lukaku and Werner up there in the two. And and they, even though the scoreline was 1-0, I never felt like they were out of control, um, didn't have control of the game. And yeah, I, that, is those, not, is that is easy. not how I saw it going. It was such a crazy reminder of how potent this team can be on their day. Because I, I really thought Chelsea was going to have a statement win, and it ended up being the exact opposite. Yeah, man. They're just that, they're just that good. Uh, and, and again, I, I think it's just, uh, you, you said they were the, the top two. Um, L- Liverpool has, has certainly impressed me. Uh, I, I don't think that's a controversial opinion, but they seem to be, uh, they seem to be title challengers, again, in my eyes. Uh, it, it's just a, I think it's just a, it's a big result that, 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 you know, it's just like a little, like, oh, pep out Coach Tuchel, but. Uh, that's three points that Man- Manchester City way. I could see this thing being decided by as much. So that's what that's what this could potentially mean uh, if if it's if mm-hmm. it's between those two teams. Um, but it doesn't no, it doesn't spell no. the end for Chelsea. I think I think I really think kind of amongst that group they've they've got to, to, to fight it out, and then they're just going to be stern favorites against pretty much the field. Yeah, uh, I don't and just I like, don't try think... to not drop points. Totally. I, I don't think this is like a this th- certain things have been decided or like you should read too much into a certain thing. All I, I thought it was going to be a statement for Chelsea. Like we're right. here, we're the team to beat, and it, and it could not have gone more opposite. And none of this is meant to disparage Liverpool either. I you know it's easy to say in light of of the Brentford draw that it's kind of like a setback for them as well. But they are right up in there. They are right mm-hmm. up in there. As a as a contender, without a doubt. Well, yep, agreed. Patrick, should we talk about the old fourth contender in the mix? The old plucky fellas from United. Well, United Villa. First off, I just Patrick, I want to set the scene for you. We had Nico Cantor's dad on the call. Really, on Andres Cantor. Yeah, sorry, let's I'm not just waking up for the four four thirties. Let's just uh, say yeah, the resemblance is uncanny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, uh, the, the, oh, in that in that game, that's epic. Oh, that's epic. The ability to go off on tangents at any given point, mess up players' names left and right. Patrick, his Wikipedia page, his headline is Cantor is well known among English speakers for his narration of soccer matches and shouting goal when one is scored. 
And I can corroborate that. Because at 5.30 in the morning, I was watching Courtney House's match winner go in. Haven't even had my first coffee yet. The sun's not up. And Andres Cantor brought the house down with his goal call. Is he, the, is he like the OG goal guy? That's what I'm starting to think. I, I feel like he... Um, and I don't want to... Um, he's like the... Yeah, speak sorry. ill of, of, of Nico Cantor. But in hindsight, kind of a nepotism hire seems, seems about right. Patrick, we love. Let's be honest, we love Nico. Oh, th- this, yeah. Again, that was a that was not a slight against Nico Cantor. Mm-hmm. I think at Prem de la Prem, as 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 fans of the game, we can separate skill from vibes. Oh yeah, dude's one hundred percent vibes. Yeah, yeah. Like his transition I, I th- game is is pure comedy. Let's say if they put out a call for the most. The most prepared and able commentator to host Galasso show. Nico would not be getting the call. No. <laughs> but we love him for it. We love him for yes. it and everything he says. Okay, yeah. on to the harder stuff, Patrick. Yeah, yeah, let's saying? get into it. No, no, I just... it. It's just kind of... It, it's all coming together now. If this is the OG goal guy. It's mm-hmm. just... My mind's mm-hmm. just... I'm reading the Wikipedia page. I'll, I'll get back focused. Yeah, no, it was oh. it was crazy. It was crazy. Like uh, Robbie, Robbie details, Earl, he is the guy. Okay, well, now that you're bringing it up, the double four thirty was a freak show. It's not my freak of the week, but it was a freak show. What do you mean by that? I felt like okay. Here's how I'll put it. I felt like you when they cut in on the Arsenal game to show the Glazer protests, because essentially they gave the key press kit to the Chelsea City game and. Man United was, no, again, no disrespect. I know he's a legend. Andres Cantor on play-by-play, who has never shown up on NBC Sports. And Robbie Earl was color. Special so they just took a guy, they took a guy from the studio and made him color commentator. And he was like, this is where my alarm bells went off, because they were like, and I'm Robbie Earl was like, I'm here with the legendary Andres Cantor. So he's definitely made a name for himself. I think he is the OG goal guy. And yeah. then, you know. Last name, soccer commentary. There's definite, definitely some nepotism at play. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But anyway, this game. So the game. This is more United in general. And Patrick, I don't want to. I don't want this to come across as a rant because I'm actually on a streak. And you said it yourself. I'm actually on a streak of incredible zen and clear-mindedness with United right now. So credit to me. Of course, but fellow United fans. Get ready. This is one of those hard-to-swallow pills. We are in big, big, humongous, terrible trouble. We're in big trouble. And I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why I'm so zen about it. First of all, it's incredibly freeing to watch your team without any excuses or caveats in the back of your mind. In 2018-19, it was the terrible squad Patrick, I remember we were playing Burnley and we were rocking up with Lingard, Pereira, Dan James, and Marshall as the front four. Like, that was not a, a, a past and distant history. Mm-hmm. It was pretty recent. Last year, it was the underwhelming summer acquisitions. I think it goes to show Donnie, Donnie Van de Beek, who can't get a game, was our, like, marquee signing. And then lack of preparations due to COVID, empty stadiums. You can kind of, like, hang your hat on a few things. But this year... 
it's plain and simply, wow, we do not have the tactics to get the supremely talented squad to succeed. It's plain and simple what it is. Our team is so good, but we've been relegated to Vibes FC, we're moments of brilliance FC, we're counterattack FC. It's it's a mess. And I know it kind of sounds like it's like it's like Ollie out propaganda, but honestly, I think he deserves his props for everything he's done over the last couple seasons. What he's achieved in the league, it's pretty damn impressive. Like the squad I just mentioned, third place and then up to second place and beating out these other quality teams. It's it's believe it or not. It's okay to back your manager and still demand accountability and improvement, but I'm telling you, we got to figure out how to improve our style of play and fast. Like, you can't play McFred and set up in a back six when you've got the defense we have. You can't play Pogba on the wing to account for McFred. You can't leave your $75 million signing on the bench. You can't create zero chances for a legendary striker. Literally... One of the best players to ever play the game, and you're and you're just creating nothing for him, which is why I'm like, who gives a shit when you hear Holland when you hear United assigned Holland next summer? You'll have the same problem. So it all really boils down to this, Patrick. We're not in big trouble in the sense of we lost to Villa, and I'm freaking out because I still think we're gonna make top four. I still think we're gonna beat a decent amount of teams when we're on our day. Sure, we could even make a run in Champions League, FA Cup, whatever. It's the it's the trouble in the sense of, are we coalescing and coming together and forming the kind of team that can actually win the Premier League, that can actually win the Champions League? And we're, we're taping this after the VRL game, and that just doubles down on everything despite winning. And the answer is like, Wow, we have some things to sort out in the in the tactics and coaching department if we're gonna if we're gonna get to it. Because at the end of the day, it feels like on paper, I'd, I'd go as far as saying on paper we have one of the best teams in the league. Like any coach would love to coach this team, and right now we are driving a we're driving a shout out Vin Diesel, a souped up Camaro. Like it's a Toyota Prius and, and uh, it's, it's quite a bit to sort out. It's quite a bit to sort out. I was wondering, I wanted to ask you about Sancho. Do you think mm-hmm. he's just like not that good? <laughs> oh, wait, that wasn't banter. You're serious. No, I'm just, it's, it's, it's an extra, like, obviously like he's, he's got some talents and some skills, but like his numbers were like good in the Bundesliga. Playing mm-hmm. for like one of the you know one of the best teams. He didn't, you know. I'm not. I'm not here to, you know, say not getting into the, um, not. I mean, basically, he, he was displaced by Saka on the English side, which I understand isn't like a well. Th- there was a reason for it, which I we think can is get into South, that. Yeah, Southgate yeah. wanted to go a little bit more uh-huh. uh, defensive, but in any case, you know, he was he's been picked over now by two different different managers, uh, and I'm just curious. Like, I I, I don't. I haven't seen a ton of him play, if I'm being entirely honest with you. Yeah. So I'm just curious. No, I'll be honest, too. I'll be honest, too. I wasn't... You have a good side, right? Like, it's not just no. like he can walk into the side like he could in 2018. Right. Here, here's my thing on Sancho. You know I haven't been scouring the Bundesliga to watch Dortmund games on the weekend. That's, that's not what I do. I'd be lying if I said I was following this guy, like, live play watching his games. 
that would just be untrue, except for the Champions League and England games. Everything I've read, like very credible sports reporters, very credible managers, you know, all I feel, Patrick, I feel like German managers are taking over the world right now. And every single one of them are like hyping up Jaden Sancho and his ability to create and his ability to take on players. And there are some parts of his game that are actually very refreshing. Like you, I don't remember the last time at Old Trafford, I've seen someone put a move on a player and get around him on the wing. Oh, like he's that like part very, of, yeah, very technically gifted. I guess right. what I'd be asking is like, is he, yes. is, do you think he's like an effective footballer? Which leads me to, which leads me to, he's actually a creator. You know, he's, he's not just, he's not just a goal scorer the way Rashford is, who just happens to play on the wing. He, he's a creator. His assist numbers aren't bad. And he's fitting into a system. Here's how I'll answer your question. I think he's fitting into a system or trying to fit into a system that doesn't exist. So he's a bit unsure of what he's meant to do in his role in the team. Where honestly right now, Patrick, I was telling you, we're like direct. Yeah. Like, let's get long balls up there. Let's hoof it up there. Let's take long shots. Just just pop a shot in there. We don't have a system of play around the opposition box. It's it's non-existent. So, Sancho, I have I, I'll I'll nail my colors to the mast. He's a he's gonna come good. The problem that happens when when you're Ollie and you're benching Jaden Sancho instead of letting him play through it and figure it out, you're inviting these questions of. Is he a flop? You know, let's not use the flop word, but like, oh, is he good enough? Maybe he's not meant for United. And I don't, while while that may be true of Donny, uh, Van de Beek, and, and, and what's happening in that midfield, I, I can't say the same of Jaden. So I'm, I'm a little bummed that he's not playing him in the starting lineup consistently and letting him play through. Um, but it's just making this, this growing pains and teething process a little bit harder. Yeah, I think, yeah, I guess what my... I think the, the the dilemma that you have um, is is that you know due to the fact that you have this this team that you mentioned right this team that's you know should be winning now it's Zen all of that you can point out the problems that comes with a bit of pressure as well and so um, Patrick would be the pressure first is a like, priv- pressure is a privilege it sure is uh, <laughs> but it comes with, with that pressure though. Um, you know, Ali has pressure to perform. And if yes. he is in some 100%. sort of a natural adjustment period, which for a young player coming from a different league would be entirely understandable, you know, Ali might not necessarily have the, uh, like that flexibility, that leeway to like have mm-hmm. him learn it on the fly, mm-hmm. right? Like you're, you're meant to be in a title race this season. You can't afford to lose points if a guy's not sharp yet. So it's a, it's a, and, and again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not kind of having to go here at, at, at Sancho specifically, but I think that you have this, it is, it's, it's a, it's almost like a paradox, right? Like you have the guy who can't figure out how to put all the the pieces together, keeping pieces that would help him out because he can't figure out how to put them together. Yeah, it's, it's totally valid. And you know, it's a completely different situation when you're in the position of a manager, which is like comparable to a CEO, right? It's like, do I need to get our stock numbers up now or do I need to plan for the long term and make sure that things come off right? So while I, while I understand not wanting to bench Greenwood because despite his sometimes frustrating like shot taking, as you saw on display at Villa, he's, he's one, of the most, one of the most sort of 
spark plug moments in the team right now. So you you have I understand keeping Greenwood in the team. What I don't understand is shunting Pogba out to the left wing to be a pseudo like I'm gonna cut inside and play from the midfield, but my position's left midfield to accommodate McFred, which means Sancho sits on the bench. Like that's the part that I have trouble wrapping my head around. Yeah. I know I don't know Leo feels the same way. Yeah. Old Bork boy, long boy's getting some noise in here. We'll see if we can take that out in post. <laughs> you should keep it in as a little like uh, stinger. Yeah. All right, bud. That's enough. You just sleeping too? Um, no, with 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 Pog, like it's we play in this in this in this age now too, where positions don't matter. Like when you have the ball, when you don't have the ball, you have responsibilities and areas need to be. Like if you if if Pogba needs to play left mid on defense, you can get him onto the field and then. Like move things around. Like again, I'm going to make it about Arsenal, but I think one of the things that has really unlocked this side is the ability to not have your midfielder play as part of that back three that Arteta likes to play, which is where he'd have Granite Jaka drop into the left side. Now he has Tomiyasu do that, so Tierney can bomb up the left wing freely. You have three yeah. defenders covered, all yeah. that. Like you can be flexible with that kind of stuff to fit your team together. Um, so I'd like to see a little bit more creativity um, out of Volley. I think there's been a couple little instances where a little bit of frustrations boiled over. He's like. He hasn't lost the plot, but he's kind of giving me those little breadcrumbs. Uh, talking about the offside on the goal. I was like, come on, bud. Let's settle down now. Then, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got um, you know some points to say about Klopp and talking and, the, and all the penalties. So it's just a little, you know, I, I, I want him to put it together a little bit. And I want him to be well, a little bit more creative out there. Uh, but I got my eye on him. I got my eye on him. It's the most 100%. 100%. And listen, I'm... I'm not sack the manager mode, but it, it, it's it's okay to be very critical of what you're seeing. And to that exact point, I still think Ali can get this team to second or third place. And then it's like, well, shit. What if what if Pep was co- you know what if Pep was coaching this team? What what what, yeah. what could we do then? And I think you know we're not a Champions League podcast, but that Villarreal game is the epitome of the Ali tenure. Where, like, you know, we were bantering Carl a bit today because United and Chelsea are on the same points, same amount of points in the Champions League. And it's like, United has this uncanny ability under Ali to play absolute dog shit football and win. And win the games. And it's like, when's the luck going to run out? I think some things are down to luck. The other things are down to maybe like a certain amount of preparedness. But it's there's always that moment of individual brilliance that seems to bail us out. So all yeah. I think all I think all United fans are asking for is the last goal, the last goal of the Newcastle game, like where there was a pattern of passing that created a chance that led to a good goal. That you see it, that you see at City all the time. That mm-hmm. you're starting to see at Chelsea, and Liverpool, I, I think, is a bit more direct than that. But just like, how how would you say on paper United creates their chances? And right now, it, it's 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 vibes FC. Yeah, I'd say <laughs> I would Br- love Bruno yeah. Bruno Fernandez or Paul Pogba just going sicko mode, or just you know pure happenstance. Right. Fuck it. Ronaldo's up there somewhere. Yeah, which is actually. At this stage, he's got to deploy a similar strategy. But yeah, I think that I think your biggest issue would be when, um, like, this isn't this isn't a young squad. You know, this isn't a squad like the pieces that you have here 
that's likely to be, you know, it's not not contending for. You, you like how many starters do you have in like five years? Like two or three. You know what I mean? Well, like five years is yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't think a window constitutes five years. But yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you got like three or four years with this group of players. Is kind of how I see it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. And and so like they're they're going to understand that they're going to know that you know people are going to move on. Uh, and, and so I think that you could breed the kind of little frustration, right? You see it every now and again. Uh, you know, we saw a little bit from Ronaldo today. You see it from Bruno every now and again. See the head downs, you know, if, if that like lack of belief in like we're a title winning team or a team that can go win a cup or like go deep into the Champions League, if that belief leaves the team, and quite frankly, we haven't seen that belief, you know, I think we have, we've seen moments of it, we see games of it, but I don't know that that this team right now fully believes it's capable of reaching those, like the, those, those peaks that we, that quite frankly, I think should be their expectation. So I think there's this like this slight disconnect. Uh, and ultimately, it's, it's 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 down to Ali. So I think for him, I, I I would say, you know, semifinals of the Champions League or win, you know, a domestic cup. Because well, I I just I I just think they're going to be a little off the pace in the league. Here's the sad reality. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Here's the sad reality that if you want to be Zen like me, read my book. I'm talking to you, United fans. Get on the same page as me. It's a stand and deliver season for Ollie, but only in the sense of fan standards. And here's the sad part. The Glazers are the happiest they've ever been. We're yep. a mortal we're a mortal lock for top four. So that Champions League money and endorsement's gonna keep coming in. We have Ronaldo pumping jerseys out of the mega store. There's no player discontent because I actually think this I miss like just someone getting a full on bollocking on the field. Like, I, I think we need a little bit more of that. Right now, we're, like, everyone's best friends at the club. And I think, like, that's another part where I'll give Ollie some credit. He is, an inc- like, a very, very good man-manager. When you hear about inside sources, they're like, yeah, his tactics are kind of shit. But, like, this dude steadied the shit post-Mourinho, and he deserves credit for that. But, anyway, going back to my original point, everything is very copacetic like despite despite maybe a little bit of stagnancy and like lack of belief like you were saying so the glazers are like in ed woodward's mind right now i bet he's like we just won an amazing champions league game like i'm sure that's their takeaway from that whereas the fans watch the game and they're like that was a heaping pile of shit um so i think that's just something we're gonna have to come around to and um I don't. I think this will be the. You know, I. I think we got a few things off our chest today that needed to get needed to get spoken into existence. Yeah, so, appreciate, I appreciate the honesty. Got to speak truth to power, and then we'll we'll revisit this. We'll revisit this as the season goes on. You know, obviously it's a change in equation, and I. I can't tell you there's going to be massive changes at United, but it's just something we all need to kind of address, monitor, and up the you know reds. The best. You know what the best thing he could do is just have knockout stages of Champions League secured after match week five in the Champions League. Don't even leave it up to the last day. I think I think that buys him six months. Just that. Why do you say that? Just no stress for the fan. No one's stressing. <laughs> it buys him six months. 
Because think about it, that's going to happen in like November. Your your round of sixteen is not until um, like February, maybe not six months. Buys them like three months of like complete mm-hmm. stress free, mm-hmm. because everyone's gonna be like, "Well, Champions League." So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I. Hey, well, I guess Chelsea it. didn't, and then they won a Champions League. I guess right. Right. I mean, that was all built on the Frank Lampard foundation of the group stages. People forget. Yeah. Oliver Giroud, top scorer. We got to start somewhere. No, I, I think the point is, Ollie's not going anywhere this season. So, that like, that's where that sort of, like, level-headedness needs to come into play here. We just need to understand the situation we're in. Like, a source said, Patrick, get this. A source said... Ollie's job is safer than two shoals at Chelsea. And it sounds like a joke at first, but then you think about think, Roman yeah. Abramovich's standards and you're like, oh shit. Like, that's facts. If Chelsea lose three games on the trot, Tuchel's on the hot seat. Yeah. No, that's straight up facts. So, anyway. I'd be interested to all... know when the last time Chelsea lost three games on the trot. Probably Lampard era. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll let the <laughs> we'll let the statisticians get at that one, Patrick. Quick nod, quick nod. I know we're we're over our limit. I'll take a little bit of blame for that. It's more like 50-50. Yeah, but we're a little late. Uh, Brentford Liverpool. This is more of a a game of the season so far. Contender. Shout out Brentford for being the leads of this season. I think they absolutely like Kalima ripped out Leeds's heart and stuck it into their own body being the like entertainers of this season from coming up from the championship and then B Patrick for hitting that donkey. Mm. That's right. That's right. Big, big donkey over four and a half hit with a six goal game. What a thriller. It was just a little skill acknowledging skill with Thomas Frank and, and, and Jurgen Klopp throughout two managers thoroughly enjoying a game of football is not something I've seen in quite a while. Uh, there was a point there where I think they both kind of looked at each other when it was a close, like nearly, nearly a yeah. goal. I forget yeah. for who, uh, but they just kind of both were like, "Ooh, that was an, almost another one," you know. Um, and especially at Brentford, um, I'm, I'm not familiar with the the name of their stadium, but the that place is electric. It's got to be one of I the think best they call, atmospheres. They in call the it the Beehive. Oh, that's amazing! On, I made that up on the spot. But well, it's the Beehive. It it's got to be the Beehive. How could it, it not be now. the Beehive? <laughs> Brentford Stadium. We'll Google this, but no, it's it's a it was it was obviously uh you know the opener embarrassment aside like wh- what an atmosphere they had and then against Liverpool going tit for tat back and forth. Uh, they did lose to Brighton at home, but other than that, yeah. they had the Arsenal yeah. game at home. No, they are the total. Yeah. they're the total leads in the like. We'll let those mid table clashes slide. We're here to show up and play against the big boys. Yeah. Yeah. Wolves did it a couple years ago um, when they first came into the league. I think that they would have finished like second or third in a table against the traditional big six. And mm-hmm. they lost like the, the Huddersfield got three wins, beat them twice. And when that, you know, it was, it was yeah. one of those. Yeah. And they're, they're just up for it. And, you know, it's a, that fearlessness to me defines, defines the premier league. Like that defines what it takes. That's why you know we get so frustrated with our respective teams. We don't we don't see that 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 be met because all the, all, all these you know little teams quotes you know air quotes uh, little teams uh, they bring that 
you know, they value being in the Premier League, and they and they they, they fight for their place. And, Except for Norwich, they clearly don't. Oh yeah, well that's just a yeah they they really. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say they like the championship, but they like the championship too much. I bet you every year they're like, ah, oh, shit, uh, we gotta, yeah, you know, we gotta go back down. They, they like miss, home. they miss winning too much, at yeah. like a like a high percentage. So they're like, let's go back to what we're doing before. We like that. Also, they got promoted, and then they like they sold Emmy uh, Buendia, and then I guess Billy Gilmore's been hurt. Um, they got Brandon Williams in on loan as well. So sure I think they, do. but yeah, they like selling Emmy Buendia. Maybe they didn't have a choice. It seems it seems like odd to me to get promoted from the championship to the Premier League and sell, sell the reason why you get the player yeah. of the season from the championship. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that well. speaks to your ambition, in my eyes. But anyway, Certainly. Brentford Certainly. is electric. Um, that was called, one of the. It's called the Brentford like, Community Stadium, and as far sucks. as eyes can tell, um, it is not officially nicknamed the Beehive. You're telling me it's called the Brentford Community Stadium, like one of those FIFA generic titles, and people aren't calling it the Beehive? Not on Wikipedia, which I feel like Brentford Community Stadium, a.k.a. the Beehive, if it was what people would say. Um, But yeah. Wikipedia is publicly editable. um, Q Bridge is the tube station right by it as well. Um, They actually just had their record attendance. That was their record attendance there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty lit. It, oh, not even seventeen thousand people. What does that tell you about the power of man? It's louder than than uh, than than the Emirates on any given day, you know. And that's like fifty, sixty thousand, whatever it is. Louder than you Old Trafford. Fit, yeah, you could fit the whole the whole Man City fan group in there. Almost. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the away end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perhaps the away end on a good day. There's All no right, Patrick. Do you do you do you have men of culture or just free? Are you gonna talk about Sheriff? Just shout out Sheriff FC from Moldova. No, um, no, put him on. Put him on, I think, King. I also I actually think um Sheriff FC, it's from like this unrecognized like state within Moldova. So it's, it's not, just it's incredible. I don't Oh, I don't so like hence hence the Wild West. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it's yeah. Let me sheriff. let me. Uh, yeah, it's a Patrick. football club sheriff. Yeah, uh, is a Moldovan football club based in Tiraspol, a city located in the unrecognized breakaway state of Transnistria. Uh, <laughs> oh, my favorite part about that victory was, you know how the massive, like, well, not even the massive. Any football, tw- any football team in the modern century has their social media team and their Twitter account, and they're like live tweeting the game. You know, you think about how Arsenal or United does it. It's like goal or like substitute, and they have a graphic for everything. And they're like a verified, legitimate Twitter account. Sheriff FC has like 10,000 followers. They're an unverified account. And <laughs> someone said... Someone said they weren't even live tweeting the game and just posted the standings after beating Madrid at the Bernabeu of them at the top of Group D over Inter and Real. And it just had the, like, taking notes emoji. <laughs> Job's it. not done. Job's not it. done. Oh, man. You gotta love football for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh... Yeah, it was it was... It was just in a pearl, past Courtois at the Bernabeu. It, that has to be one of the most iconic group stage Champions League games of all time. I don't know yeah. the history, but like it has to be. Yeah. Oh, 
Well, Patrick, my quick minute culture. I'll say a lot of a lot of things. Freak of the week minute culture. They're like spurred on by something that I see online. Um, this one is an entirely an original joint, and I'd love your take on this. As I was watching Luke Shaw and Maguire put in a yet another rusty performance and then have to go off injured, I ran through my mental checklist of players in that England team who went to the final in the Euros, and they've all been playing shit. Like, they've mm. all been playing real bad. Like, Harry Kane, Sterling, Kyle Walker, who should have been sent off, Jaden Sancho, who we talked about on this pod, Calvin Phillips, Anonymous, uh, John Stones can't get back into the team. And maybe the so, only exception yeah. is Jordan Jordan Pickford, who hasn't done anything boneheaded. Yeah, well, that's just the threshold for him. It's just like the we've had this many days he's since out of accident. the headlines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's got one of those little chalkboards up in his locker, which is this Ooh, many. Speaking of which, where are we at on that? Are we one week since accidents, or keeping it at zero? Oh, geez, I forgot. Um, oh yeah, no, well, no Walker. Walker well, that spurs that spurs thing should have been a penalty, as told by you, the Arsenal fan. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Was it really like blunder and though? Per, and per Ollie, um, by the what constitutes blocking and offsides, that Aston Villa goal should never have counted. So right on on behalf of the okay, we'll us, go zero weeks. We'll go zero. Still weeks. zero weeks. Yeah, yeah. No change to the chalkboard. Yeah, and even in, until um, until the North London Derby, Saka had been quite poor this season as well. Um, right, that was another you. one I was thinking. It's like, yeah, well, you can't really the, say it after his yeah. North London Derby performance, but right, right, yeah. That's I mean, it wouldn't be the first time for that either. It's a lot of football, especially in the the year prior was a the the this year is meant to be a normal year as far as scheduling goes, but the year prior was not. Right. Anyway, and we're in Euro, we're we're, we're in uh, World Cup qualifying as well. It's so these nuts. these so it's, it's not like nuts. these these guys have a break. Like they're, you know, like usually like after a major tournament, you have a little bit of time before you have your serious international games, and that's when you give like the B the B squad a go. Yeah, has anyone checked in on Pedri? Is that dude just dead on his feet? Well, Barcelona is is speaking of meta culture in an utter tailspin. So I can't imagine Pedri's playing. Or I look like a genius because I said I didn't think he was that good. Then I actually watched him play, and he's he's going to be phenomenal, James. Uh, right. So, so I want to get at least a little slight amendment onto the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, Way to keep yourself not... in check. We, we we do like to employ self-policing here at yeah. Prime. Yeah, it looks like he has had some fitness issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on account of being played an insane amount. He's only 18. He was born in 2002. Well, that's nuts. On November Patrick. 25th. Thanksgiving, baby. <laughs> I'm sure that means nothing to him. <laughs> Do you, Thanksgiving, baby. That's such a Ted Lasso comment. Uh, okay, Freak of the Week, and then we'll do Goal of the Week, and then you can send us on out of here on a rejuvenated district. Got it. So, Freak of the Week, James, is my boy, Emmy Martinez. <laughs> For so many reasons. Is that a freak? <laughs> Is that freakish? He only gave us one pump, so I don't know if that's full freak. Uh, but obviously... He uh, did the whole key and peel. Yeah, taking the shithousery crown and wearing it proudly. Uh, I was texting I was texting a couple, uh, you and somebody else, I forget who. Uh, this is just what you get when you just, you just, you have that, all this steez just wrapped up under covers for 10 years. 
you know, you play like 10 good games for Arsenal. You tell Mikel Arteta, I'm the number one or I'm out. He's like, what? I thought we had some here. And then you go off to Ashton Villa and just become a beast. You know, still have a couple howlers yeah. here and there, but what a beast. What a hilarious dude telling Ronaldo that he should take the penalty instead of Fernandez. That was the I, best. That was the yeah. best of all of it, hands down. Yeah, oh. that was the, that was the best. Because uh, that's that's that for me is elite level mind games. Um, my brother actually did post something to his Instagram. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I did. I did see it. Statistical backing that shithousery works. Your brother wrote a a thesis like solely on Instagram story 15 second increments. It was it was incredible. He like (laughs) entirely convinced me. Yeah, he entirely convinced me and had the data to back it up that shithousery works. I think it's like you know oh 15 20 percent more effective. I'm forgetting the numbers. It's an Instagram story. I can't reference it again. So Hatcher, I I genuinely believe that. Like yeah, if, if people if goalkeepers don't start following the Tim Cruel Emmy Martinez method, it's their loss. Yeah. And for the record, I had no problems with what with what he did. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really something to behold. And it's like, made better by the fact he that he made Bruno it. change his entire run up. Yeah. And then just and then it's like when a you know when like a uh, in 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 the NFL when a defender is like completely burned. And then, like, the pass is overthrown, and they still, like, signal, like, incomplete. Like, they, they weren't. Right, right. They're, like, they, they, do the, they do the, the yeah. like, Matumbo. Andy Martinez. Yeah, I always find that hilarious when, like, a, when somebody sails a, sails a PK that, you know, the keeper, like, celebrates as if, they, as if they've saved it, right? And right. just the hump. The hump, right? Right, yeah, right to, to the, the Stratford end. Right to the Stratford end. Oh. It was just, it was beautiful. Like, yeah. I mean, was the it thing freakish? Is, was it... The eighth the wonder of the world. I believe he would have done the same at the Emirates, but just for the sake of argument, I'm going to say there's a little bit of Arsenal still in there, and that was just a little, a little thrust, a little thrust for us Gunners. So mm-hmm. shout out Emmy Martinez. He's living his best life. So proud of him. So happy for him. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for the return fixture. Really can't. Yeah, I mean that's what we were talking about in our group text, right? It's like. That was my that was my conditional sentence. It was like I have no problems with what Emmy Martinez did, but if Bruno and Ronaldo and the United team aren't circling the date, United go to Villa Park and don't plan on putting six past him and doing the hump celebration right in his face. <laughs> I don't want them on my team. That's my condition. I that's I, my condition. And that's just sports, and like that's just sports at its best, right? It, 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 just imagine Bruno, Bruno scores and just like at the six yard box, just humps, you know? Just, yeah. Oh, it would be so good. Oh, maybe Ronaldo does the the sweet, and then as his arms are down, just a little thrust, yeah. right to Emmy Martinez, right? And then Emmy puts out like a five paragraph apology on his Instagram. That's yeah. That's okay. Now you're writing fan fiction. It's not happening. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't save the penalty. It's my goal in in professional sport to save penalties. <laughs> it just didn't happen this time. Oh, but I will okay. Keep I'm with you now. I'm with you now. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't yeah, realize yeah, the yeah, irony yeah. at first. Thank you yeah, for spelling yeah, yeah, it out yeah. because it is funny and deserved an explanation for everyone. You got it. You got it, bud. Okay. January fifteenth. <laughs> January fifteenth. <laughs> Twenty two, baby. It's a new year, but people don't well, forget. New year, new me. Um, it genuinely, I was, I was on a, I was on a, this is a full on tangent. I was on a client call today. It took me two minutes to 
click in my brain that it's 2021. I don't yeah, know if you ever have the, that. At the top but of the I podcast, like, I, I just said it was 2001. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm a couple decades Yeah, off. you're wilding. You're wilding. Don't get a twist up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Mikel Arteta can do that to you. I'm talking about Twitter. You're like, what? I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> was Twitter a word before the social media app? No. No what? It would have been a good one, was. though. Twitter? Yeah. What could that have possibly meant? I'm going to the dictionary right now. Twitter of a bird give a call. Okay, well, that would explain a whole lot. That would explain a whole lot. Give a call consisting of repeated, light, tremulous sounds. Patrick. No, it's not a thing. I, I, I wish we never brought it up because I, I feel pretty silly. It's not a word. I'm searching the internet. It's, not even coming. it's just stuff about the uh, social media. Okay. Nothing about the word. <laughs> Page three of Google, James. If you're not you ranking in the, the top three pages of Google, you, your SEO sucks. Yeah. The words SEO sucks. <laughs> Who's vetting this guy? Who's the PR guy for the word Twitter? My freak of the week. <laughs> My freak of the week, Patrick, is Thomas Tuchel. Hit me. For being a heathen. For being a non-believer. And for not following the light of the most high. I find it to be no coincidence that the only two people to have scored against Chelsea this season are Jesus and Muhammad. <laughs> especially, especially Patrick, after Tuchel outcast Abraham to the depths of Italy. There's, wow. there's a whole lot of biblical shit going on at Stamford wow. Bridge. And I'm starting to think Tuchel does not say his Hail Marys before he goes to bed. You know what, James? That is a... Is that is that a James Burton original? No, it's not. Oh, James. I wanted well, it so bad for you. I know. I know. I that's cannot brilliant. tell a lie. It's brilliant. I cannot tell a lie. I I I I put I put all of it together, but so it was like a Statman Dave kind of thing. It was like two players to score against Chelsea, Jesus Muhammad. Holy. Like that was like the one word after it. Yeah. Oh, that was the on uh, another unrelated tangent. Uh, there were all these like ridiculous stats that came out about the gap between Arsenal and Spurs after like three weeks, and like one of them was like Arsenal have never been nine points behind Spurs after like three weeks, and then mm. it was like just the, like it was something like never have Arsenal closed like have the Tottenham been nineteen points ahead of Arsenal and lost it all in a three week time frame. <laughs> Especially had it's just the, sw- the swing of the pendulum in banter. That's why I don't. That's why I don't sling it, James, because it always comes back. And well, I as an you're right, right. As an Arsenal fan, it's the hope that kills you, right? So, like when you're high, you're always wondering when you're going to come down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shout out, passenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, what? <laughs> okay. My goal of the week is. My goal of the week is, I don't remember the last time we've given a Burnley goal, Patrick. Wow. A Burnley goal against Leicester. New boy on the block, Maxwell Cornet, bringing some of that French Leon flair. Probably the nicest goal Burnley's ever scored. A volley, picked it out of the air on the turn, and plonks it past Casper Schmeichel. That's my goal of the week. It was a gem. 
I'd be willing to bet it's the only volley they've ever scored. My goal of the week it had a little bit of sauce. It's got a whole lot of feels. It's going to Raul Jimenez. Yeah. It was great to see Love it. Love that. Love that. It was that. great to see it. And a pretty a pretty decent little solo move to get himself around a couple players. Tidy little finish uh, for him to be able to celebrate in the in the away end was something I can't wait for him to score at Wolves. Uh, but obviously his first goal back after that horrendous injury. Uh, good for him. Good for our Wolves. It's great to see it. Uh, that's my goal of the week. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I, I think we can, it's safe to say that's not going to come back as your goal of the month. So we have not hoisted ourselves. No, no. Um, it was like a good goals one this and week. done. Yeah. Some good goals this week. Yeah. Uh, the, the, which was the other one? If, if I could give a donkey goal of the week, it has to be the Mape goal from Brighton. First of all, undoing my bet. but The literal you, donkey. You conceded. The, let me put it this way. The, there was only one touch between the goal kick and the finish. It was your goal kick. Well, just Crystal Palace things. Right. Yeah. It was one touch. No, it was, it was, well, the goalie booted it to midfield, and the midfielder was like, here you go. And it was like a perfect through ball to Mopane. Yeah, yeah, well, you're playing a, a stupidly high line. And, yeah, it's just, it was, it was remarkably bad. Yeah, anyway. It was nuts. It was nuts. To the district. Nuts. To the district we go. Believe it or not, James, we had a positive week last week, so we're still positive for the year. Uh, got some good ones cooking. Got some good ones cooking. Hit my first donkey, which has given me some inspiration, James. I'm gonna start with the donkey, and I'm giving it I'm giving it to Manchester United to ride this momentum, get a result in the Premier League. You know that ride the momentum. Yeah, of the of the end. <laughs> the emotional the emotional You lost momentum. me. You lost me. James, it's a donkey for a reason, but it's the emotional momentum off the Champions League game. The emotional momentum, the acknowledgement probably that like, yo, guys, that was that was shit. Like we we just got us we still have to get better. And quite frankly, I think it's a game that they should be winning anyway against Everton. Minus two and a half is plus three. 40. I'm going with that. Ooh. Minus two and a half. I'm rating them to come out and smack. And I'm also putting that same odds on the Chelsea game against Southampton. That's only getting my plus 295. So I'm putting that in a meatball category. Uh, but between those two teams, one of them smacking it. One of them smacking it. My lock of the week. Actually, no. I should go with a meatball. Where's my meatball of the week? Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? James, we can bet 10 bets. It's, a, it's, it's, it's difficult to find the ones you're... The ones you're looking for. Oh, my meatball of the week. Game of the week. Didn't talk about it. Liverpool's hosting Manchester City, folks. 8.30 Pacific, 11.30 Eastern. Figure it out in England. You're already playing there. They're going to get the time right. This is your game on of the Sunday, week. On Sunday, to be clear. Yeah. Yes, on Sunday. You started with the time. Just want to make sure people know. <laughs> if you check 8.30 on Saturday, guess what? You got 24 hours. Go make a productive weekend out of it, and you can put your Sunday scaries behind you for a good game. Uh That'll work, but these are these are these are you know we just saw what a, what a, what a tough tough back to back for Manchester City by the way but we just saw that game and then now another another potential title clash yeah, what a test at Anfield where Liverpool has fared well against Manchester City 
They are getting 195, plus 195 to walk away from this win, Liverpool. Um, so that's a meatball worth taking in my estimation. Uh, in my lock of the week, James, to bring us home, um, Spurs hosting Aston Villa, plus 115 at home. I think they write the ship. I think they take care of business. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I can't mm-hmm. believe they're getting better than even odds at home against Villa, who despite their result against Manchester United, I have n- not been impressed with yeah. so far this season. Yeah. Yeah, you got to revert to the things we've established in our brain as like common football logic. Yeah, and don't Spurs let Arsenal be favorites at home. Don't let Arsenal, Manchester United, Spurs really. Mm-hmm. I think the kind of the three donkeys of the big six distract you from what we already know to be true about other teams. Patrick, am I right in understanding that you have left Arsenal alone this week? Uh, no, I bet every game. I've left them off my, what, what you want to understand. Yes, I have them in a three-way money line, which is plus 155. It's a steal. <laughs> it's an absolute steal. Okay. Against Brighton. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. You didn't is, call is it anyone, Is anyone believing Brighton right now? Mm. To be like a Europa League contender. Let's put it that way. No. No. Okay. Okay. Enough said. Enough said. They're doing well. Maybe that's how. Maybe that's though. how we should send out every podcast. It's like enough said. We've, yeah. we've done our bit, Patrick. Thank you for everything that you do. I would like you to take the rest of these days, continue to enjoy the victory. Because as we know, when it gets to the weekend, anything can happen. Anything mm-hmm. can happen. So cherish every day following a North London derby. You deserve yep. it. Goodly morning, fans at home. Enjoy the pod. You know you deserve it. And last but not least, we are what? Episode 98, 99? I'm not sure. But what we can tell you is we have something very special cooking for that 100th episode. Mama, we made it. On behalf of Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. We really put out 100 episodes of this. We done did it. We'll catch you next week, folks. Enjoy it. We'll circle back with the results. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem de la Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.